first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kyla, from Boston, Massachusetts. Today, we'll be talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among the Thieves, The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, If I Could Ride, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and Blue's Big City Adventure. First up, we'll be listening to Hanadi's interview with Taboo about Blue's Big City Adventure. Hi, I'm Hanadi, reporting for Kids First. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with multi-talented artist known for his exceptional skills as a rapper, singer, songwriter, and record producer. Today, we have the honor of speaking with none other than the incredibly talented Taboo of the Black Eyed Peas about his cameo appearance in the children's films, Blue, Big City Adventure. Well, welcome. Thank you for speaking with me today. It's an honor. I'm very excited to speak with you. So my first question is, can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in Blue's Big City Adventure? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm very blessed to be a father of four. I have um, my kids all, I want to say, my oldest started with Steve, watching Steve. that part of the journey in Blue's Clues. My son, Jalen, um, was between Joe or Donovan and Josh De La Cruz. And now my daughter is growing up with Josh De La Cruz. So Blue's Clues has been part of my household for many years through my kids, through the family. Um, and I built a friendship with Josh De La Cruz. I met him at the Macy's Parade uh, in 2019. And we had just been, you know, hitting each other up through text, calling each other, just building a friendship. So when I got the opportunity to do this movie, I, I jumped on it because I, I love Josh. I love what he represents. Um, I love uh, the movie, the idea, the brand, um, and the journey. It's so personal to me as a dad. And, you know, to be part of this amazing journey was, uh, was a dream come true for me. What drew you to this project? Uh, my friendship with with uh, Josh drew me to the project on a personal level. Um, being a fan of Blue's Clues uh, throughout the years, um, having a direct connection with the Nickelodeon um, execs and the, the Nick Jr. Uh, execs, loving what Paramount is doing with all the programming to inspire kids. So, you know, there was so many different layers, and I, I was just proud to be part of this journey. What was it like working on a children's film instead of your usual music music projects? Um, it was fun. You know, it was during the pandemic. So we needed a little bit of kind of escape. Um, and so being in New York, having all these dancers, colorful costumes, excuse me, music, being there with my, my good friend, Josh, it was kind of like being a teenager again, just having fun, not caring about what was going on, just letting go and just being present and, and escaping because of this movie. Um, it provided a lot of escape from the craziness that was the pandemic. It was a way for me to heal too, you know, being locked down for so long. I was like, yo, I'm out, I'm out. I'm having fun with my friend and I'm, I'm performing and I'm acting and just expressing myself. And so I needed that too, to be honest with you. It was, it was uh, I couldn't tour, Black Eyed Peas wasn't touring. So the fact that I got to be able to do this movie and and be part of such a, an amazing uh, group of people, like I found like a new uh, 
a new family outside of my intermediate family. Did you find it challenging to play a version of yourself on screen? Uh, it was fun because, you know, um, Josh does this every day. He talks to, to Blue without Blue being there. So he was talking to Blue and I'm like, how do you do this? How do you talk to something that's not there? It was, it was pretty amazing how his mind is trained to do that. So, um, you know, I had fun doing that because he kind of gave me some tips. Um, I've done movies before, but to be able to do this kids film was, uh, or family film, uh, it was fun. It was exciting. And I got to learn. I got to learn how Josh works in his environment. Amazing. Okay, so what was your favorite part about working on Blue's Big City Adventure? My favorite part was being able to represent my communities. Because I'm telling you, it's important for us to have heroes that you can see on the big screen. And so uh, for me as, as a voice, I just always want to represent. I always want to, you know, be the person that was inspired by my grandmother. My grandmother taught me a lot about just going out there, being fearless, um, and just wanting to represent and, and do something very respectful, very positive. And Blue's Clues allowed me to do that. I'm representing my communities. I'm representing my grandmother. I'm representing my family in this movie. So your favorite part was being able to have representation. Always. That's why it's important for me to do all these different um, um, projects, because there's more people that look like us uh, in these different spaces. You know, you got to understand it's important for kids to see folks that look like us. That's a reality. That's something that I'm passionate about. Um, I want my daughter to feel like she's being represented on a big screen. I want kids from Indian reservations, from Latino communities, from, from inner cities to be represented. And that's something that I'm passionate about. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Blue Space Adventure will be available on DVD from Paramount Home Entertainment and Nickelodeon Home Entertainment on March 28, 2023. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among the Thieves, 
The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, If I Could Ride, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, Saturdays, and Blue's Big City Adventure. Right now, we're listening to Gavin's interview with Sophia Lillis and Justin Smith about Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among the Thieves. I'm Gavin Schuster reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Sophia Lillis, an actor with many lead roles in films like Nancy Drew and The Hidden Staircase, and Justice Smith, who starred as Tim Goodman in the film Detective Pikachu. Today we are going to be talking about a film they have recently starred in, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Welcome, Sophia and Justice, and thank you for talking with me today. Yeah, absolutely. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Really good. Sophia, the first question is for you. You worked with a very diverse cast. What sort of things did you find that you had in common? I think we all started to share a love for D&D towards the end, I Mm. think, for this world and everything. We are very diverse. I mean, like everyone had a totally different, you know, experience in acting, um, um, done different things, learned different things. And each of them had their own attributes um, that, you know, I think helped me with this movie because this was definitely something that I wasn't really uh, used to with the CGI and everything. So doing this was a little bit uh, kind of nerve wracking because doing like a fantasy movie um, was kind of scary, but like everyone had their own knowledge about this kind of world. Um, and I think we all ended up starting to love this thing together. And I think, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's the, we also are all actors. That's another thing. Yeah. We have that in common. <laughs> that in common at least. Um, yeah. But yeah. What was the best part about being in this film? Uh, well, thank you so much for asking that. Uh, the best part of being in this film was probably the stunts was really fun. I also had to do magic and it's really cool to, uh, you know, put out your hand and actually have a bunch of stunt guys get shot back. Like, I feel like that's every person's dream to actually be able to do magic. So that was really fun. Sophia, this one can be described with various words. If you try to describe this film in 25 words or less, what would you say? Oh, God. This is hard for her because she is loves- hard for me. I, I, I either talk, I have one line or, or you know, uh, go on a rant. So th- don't do this. You're right. You wasted 13 words. How would I describe this? Yeah, 25 words. In 25 words or less. Um, it is a fantasy movie about a game where a group of very different people end up saving an entire city. Five words left. We succeeded. (laughs) The end. Wow, you only used 24. Nice. (laughs) Justice, what was one thing that you learned working on this film that you didn't know before? Oh, actually, well, I mean, I just I did just talk about this, the stunts, but there's this harness that you get to wear when you are doing flips in the air that is a three-dimensional uh flippy harness thing. So I got to go in this thing and they hoisted me up in the air and I got to flip laterally and also twist as i flipped and that was really fun i didn't know that existed yeah like acrobatics yeah it was a lot like acrobatics yeah i did a lot of flips in between takes in what ways do you relate to your character doris in this film she's very dry and sarcastic which is um pretty much my entire humor i think she's also uh 
very a very one track mind. Um, and I, I think I, I sometimes, you know, like I, I think about one thing and I constantly think about this one thing throughout the entire, the rest of the day until the thing's done. And I think that's something we share very much in common. Our minds kind of work the same way. Thank you, Justice and Sophia, for talking to me. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves will be available March 31st, 2023 in theaters. Be sure to check it out. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Bye. Thank you, guys. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among the Thieves, The Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 3, If I Could Ride, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, Saturdays, and Blue's Big City Adventure. Next up, we'll be reviewing The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3 with Tiana. Hi, Tiana. Hi, Kyla. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. So what are your overall thoughts on this TV show? I absolutely love the whole Mandalorian. Even though I was specifically focusing on Season 3, Episode 3, I also got to go back and check out the rest of the seasons, and it was absolutely amazing. At first, I was a little bit iffy online to watch it but like once i watched it it was like this is like the best show ever yeah so if it was just episode three was it like a long episode or is it just that you only watched this one episode so actually this was the longest episode that they've ever had it was i believe around 55 minutes which is you know almost an hour so it's the longest episode that they've had in all of the series. And like I said, like I did go back and watch some of the other ones, but this was definitely the longest, which made a lot of things happen within it. Do you think that you need to like watch the previous episodes in the season to know what's happening in this one? Honestly, with this one, I would say yes, because like it's not mandatory. Like you can still figure things out because it kind of drifts away a little bit from the normal plot. So it doesn't really focus on the Mandalorian um, and Grogu and like the normal characters that you would think it focuses on in this specific episode. But at the same time, it's a yes, because 
even me watching it, I kind of had to go back to figure out who some of the characters were um, and how they tied into the story. So obviously without spoilers, what can you tell us about the storyline of this episode? Yes, so The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3. Um, at the beginning, it kind of starts off with Mando, played by Pedro Pascal, Grogu, and Bo-Katan Prize, played by Katie Sackhoff. Um, and at the end of their journey, they locate water on Mandalore so that Mando can be forgiven for some things that he did in previous uh, episodes. Even though that's the beginning and it kind of ends off with that story, it focuses more on Dr. Pershing. Um, played by Omid Abtai, and it's all about him working in this new republic that they have built and trying to adapt to the new lifestyle while he's asked questions about his experiences in life, um, which he slightly lies about, um, which of course isn't a spoiler. You can kind of just tell uh, by his uh, expressions and things, um, which he kind of lies about, and he has this new experiment that he wanted to do, but because of the new republic, it's kind of being destroyed, so... It's definitely a very busy, like I said, it's 55 minutes, so it's definitely a very busy episode. That sounds like a very cool storyline, though, and that they were able to kind of fit that all into just under an hour. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was. So do you have a favorite character or moment from this episode or just like the season or the show in general? I think my favorite like aspect of it is just seeing, especially like specifically with this episode, I love seeing how they were able to create something so amazing. Like it didn't have all of the same, like the special effects and the fighting and things like that, that you get from the rest of the Mandalorian season, which I really love. And as well as the music, which also helps out a lot. Um, but it still was able to tell a really good engaging story, even though, like I said, it does drift off from the nor- normal storyline. So I think that's my favorite aspect of it. Yeah, it does sound good. So how are the special effects and do you have a specific favorite that you can remember? Like I said, like out of this episode, I feel like it wasn't, um, there wasn't that much. I think one thing that I did like seeing though was shown a bit at the beginning of this episode playing into the last one um, was seeing like the underwater scenes. So how they were able to still have on their costumes as well as other things. And they still went like into this really deep, nice underwater cavern. Um, and even from the rest of the Mandalorian season, I like seeing all of the effects that they're able to do with the different weapons and even the CGI from a lot of the aliens that they meet. So cool. Yeah, that sounds really cool and also like hard to create. So it's impressive that they managed to pull it off. So if you could have any role on or off camera in the production, what would it be and why? That's a really good question. I think that I would want to be a Mandalorian. And the reason I say that is because I'm like naturally someone who I feel like I like things like that. Like I like the up close, um, like combat type of movies. Right. And I think it would be like really fun to get to experience that in a show like The Mandalorian, since it's also a Star Wars series. I'm not like super big on Star Wars, but this definitely has gotten me more into it. And I just like things like that, like the movies with the fight scenes and all the special effects. So I would definitely want to be. A Mandalorian just on the field. Yeah, I agree that that would be super cool. So were there any aspects of this um, episode or season based on, you know, your previous viewing of the show that didn't quite meet your expectations going in? I don't think there really was. I think what you have to really take into consideration is that this did branch off from the normal storyline. So there was nothing really that 
was like, oh, they could have done better on this. I feel like it was perfect. Like just seeing um, even the special effects. Uh, there's this one scene where some of the characters um, from this storyline are on a train and the train is floating through the air, which I thought was absolutely amazing. So they did a really good job still making it really engaging, really amazing. So I don't think anything didn't um, match up to my expectations. It was really cool. Yeah, it's really cool when they managed to kind of take a break from like the main storyline and create a whole nother plot that's still like interesting and still involves the same like key characters that you've grown to kind of love. Right. So how is the acting overall? And did you have a favorite acting performance? I think the acting overall was also something that really helped bring the storyline together. There weren't like extremely many parts to it in a sense. Uh, but at the same time, it definitely was something like there's certain, and like I said, like, I'm not going to give anything away, but there's just like certain people or characters that definitely give off vibes that maybe like aren't true or things like that. And even like with the rest of the series, they just are really good at, in a sense, hiding their identities, which I really like. And uh, one character that I did like was... Um, I believe it's Aaliyah Kane, um, played by Katie O'Brien. And I really liked her, her acting as her character because I feel like she just brought out something else. Like she has that kind of like bad girl, but also um, likes to be like in the mix type vibe to her. And I really like that about the character. She pulls it off amazingly. Yeah, it's always super cool when there's like one person or one character that's like really strong and the acting performance is really strong and it adds a lot to the film or the TV show. So what is your age recommendation and star rating for The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3? Yep, I give The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, 4 out of 5 stars and recommend it for ages 12 to 18 plus adult. And where and when can we watch this episode? So you can watch this episode now on Disney+. Plus. And there's a new episode airing every Wednesday on Disney Plus for The Mandalorian Season 3. So make sure to check that out as well. Season 3, Episode 4 also recently came out as well. So make sure to look out for those. It's an amazing show. I definitely will check it out. I haven't gotten a chance to watch um, any of the seasons yet, but it sounds really good. And I definitely do want to check it out. Thank you for talking with me today. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
you are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among the Thieves, The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, If I Could Ride, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, Saturdays in Blue's Big City Adventure. Right now, Tiana's talking to me about If I Could Ride. Hi, Tiana. Hi, Kyla. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm good. We're flipping the rolls around. Super excited to talk to you about If I Could Ride. So let's start off super easy. What was If I Could Ride about? Yeah. So If I Could Ride follows two girls from completely different um, worlds. One of them being Bridget Van Heusen, who's played by Eva Igo, and the other being Jodie Davis, who's played by Alexis Arnold. Um, Bridget is a rich, she's a talented horse rider, and she's constantly pressured and sort of berated by her parents to do her absolute best, um, and her parents are always on her to make sure she's upholding her family's legacy, the Van Heusen legacy. Um, on the other side of things, Jody is a poor girl with a physical disability that prevents her from doing a lot of the things that she would love to do otherwise. That includes walking, riding a horse, um, which is her dream of life. So they both kind of have opposite problems. Bridget has to navigate her family issues and her own sort of internal struggles. And then Jody has to keep a positive attitude so she can take small steps towards her dream of riding a horse. And um, we get to see their path sort of cross in an unexpected way. And um, when they do meet each other, it sort of changes the course of the plot and the course of their lives. And I think that that sort of them meeting is a really good addition to the film and it definitely sort of shows how like one relationship or one friendship can um, make a big effect on your life. Well, I have to say that was definitely an interesting description of the plot. I mean, it sounds like really interesting. I love seeing that aspect of just two people from different worlds coming together on something that they can both connect with. I love seeing movies like that. Yeah, they always seem to be the best ones. So what connections, like like I said, like you definitely talked a lot about a lot of different things inside that plot. So what connections did you personally feel with the story? Yeah, um, I could definitely relate because um, both of these girls are kind of like around my age. So I kind of was able to relate with some of the um, drama stuff. Like there's so smaller plot lines along the way that involve, you know, like love interests, other friendships. Um, there's a lot of like family relationships and problems along the way. So I can kind of just relate to the general like life of um, a girl at this age or any person really at this age, sort of growing up and um, forming friendships and getting over friendships, all that kind of stuff. So I definitely think that being able to relate to the characters kind of helped um, me enjoy the plot more and understand the message. Right. And that's always something good to have with these kind of movies, making sure that they are relatable, making sure that it is um, good for kids, especially making sure that they'll stay into it. And just speaking on it being good for kids, what about If I Could Ride do you think will be most interesting for kids? Yeah, I definitely think that If I Could Ride sort of has an element um, that could reach and um yeah, just reach all audiences, whether it's a younger kid um, or whether it's an 
adult, it doesn't really matter. I think everyone could find something to relate to, um, some connection they can make. And for kids, um, especially if they might have an interest in um, riding horses or horses in general, or really just like any sport um, or like dream they have, they could relate to either one of the characters as they kind of go through like forming dreams and um, trying to reach these dreams. So yeah, that that's really good. Like I said before, it's very important to make sure that kids are able to watch this. And I definitely myself definitely check this out. It sounds super interesting from what you described, from the things you said that would make it interesting for kids. It just really helps draw me in. And I hope to people who are listening to this definitely feel drawn into it as well and go and watch it. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. Yes, I'm sure. So just for one last question with star rating and each recommendation, would you give uh, if I could ride and when and where can we find it? Yes. Yeah, so if I could ride, I'd suggest it for ages eight to 18 plus adults and I'd give it five out of five stars and you can watch it on DVD and video on demand beginning April 4th, 2023. All right. Well, I will definitely check it out. I hope everyone else checks that out. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Kyla. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among the Thieves, The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, If I Could Ride, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and Blue's Big City Adventure. Next up, we'll be reviewing Shazam! Fury of the Gods with Callie, Avani, and Tiana. So, Tiana, do you want to get us started with your overall feelings on Shazam! Fury of the Gods? Yes, yeah, so I absolutely love Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Honestly, to say, I feel like it was a little better uh, than the original, but I feel like this one just really was like a true superhero movie. Like, when I walked into the theater and that movie started... Um, it's actually funny because when I was in the theater, they started the movie and then they stopped it and then they started it again. But it was worth it the whole way through. I absolutely loved it. Probably one of the best, especially non-Marvel superhero movies that I've watched. Wow. So, yeah, this is definitely high in your rankings. (laughs) 
So, Callie, can you give us an overview of the plot of this film? Shazam, of course, and his family, they all um, continue to have their superpowers from the last movie, and they continue saving crime in Philadelphia. Um, when suddenly the sis- sisters of Atlas, which are in Greek mythology, they come into the city and they just start terrorizing the city and it's up to the family of the Shazams to save the day. Wow, that sounds like a really interesting and uh, suspenseful plot. (laughs) It is, and it just keeps on getting better the whole entire time. Yeah, it's always nice when a plot keeps getting better because sometimes it starts out great and then ends up not as good or it'll start out not great and then ends good. But when it keeps getting better, is that's when you know it's a really good plot. So, Avani, I believe this is the second Shazam film. So have you seen the original one? Yeah, I've seen the original one. Uh, uh, I, think, I, I think this one is a bit better because the whole time they're all superheroes. Yeah, definitely. So do you think that you need to see the first Shazam field uh, film to sort of know what's going on in this one and being able to like fully understand what's happening in the second one? I don't think you need to see it. I saw it the first one after I saw the second one and I understood it pretty well. Okay. Yeah, it's always nice when you can, uh, if someone doesn't want to go back and watch the first one, they can still kind of watch the new one without needing to know what happened in the first one. Yeah. So, Tiana, what characters or moments are most relatable to you and why? I think I think I connected a lot with two, which would be Mary. And, well, I'll just say, like, for Mary, I feel like I connected to her because I understood her struggles. So she was dealing with um, her education and jobs and things like that and just growing up, um, especially because they're all a foster family. And I think I understood her struggles I'm just wanting to balance everything while also being there for her family, which is something that everybody goes through at some point in their life, whether it's parents, grandparents, kids, no matter what, we all deal with growing up. We all deal with um, having to take care of our family as well as taking care of ourselves. And I also felt a lot of connection to Billy because Billy was kind of the one keeping his family together. I mean, he just wanted everyone to, like the saying was, all or none. So just wanted everybody to be together. Yeah, it definitely sounds like people, like all people would be able to make connections with a lot of the characters in this film. They can. So, Callie, if you could have any role on or off camera in the production of this film, what would it be and why? I think I would want to be, of course, part of the Shazam family and probably one of the superheroes because that always seems so cool. I mean, everyone wants to have a superpower and they always want to save the day and always want to help people. So I think it would it'd have to be being one of the Shazams. Yeah, that would be a super cool experience. So, Avani, what is the main message or theme of this film? I think that the main message or theme would be teamwork because it would be really hard to defeat the Daughters of Atlas as just one superhero without a whole team. Yeah, that sounds like a great message. So, Tiana, how is the acting in Shazam! Fury of the Gods? Love the acting. Um, I'm personally like a big fan of Zachary Levi, who played um shazam which is billy batson's adult superhero alter ego and i just absolutely love the acting i feel like there was definitely an upgrade um of not only the acting but just like the general storyline um as i believe avani was also saying like how i feel like this one 
just brought a lot more, especially with the acting. Everyone was super amazing. Their kid actors and their adult actors, which also surprised me because Mary had the same actor as an adult um, or as herself and in her superhero self, which was really cool. So the acting was absolutely amazing. I loved it. Absolutely perfect. And everyone who watches it will love it. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, if the acting is good, it always kind of gives that film or the TV show an extra boost. So, Tiana, what is your age recommendation and star rating for Shazam! Fury of the Gods? Yep, so I give it five out of five stars and recommend it for ages 12 to 18, plus adults. Just know that there are things to look out for, like foul language, violent scenes, death, and some scenes that can be triggers like a suicide. And Callie, what about your age recommendation and star rating? I think um, I gave it um, a 12 to 18 age range and, of course, adult. And it's definitely a five out of five star movie. And what about you, Ivani? I also think this movie is for 12 to 18 year olds. And I also gave it a five out of five star rating. And Tiana, where and when can we watch Shazam Fury of the Gods? Because I definitely want to check it out now. Yes, you can watch Shazam Fury of the Gods in theaters now. And do not forget to stay for an end credit scene. Thanks for that tip. <laughs> to become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla, from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among the Thieves, The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, If I Could Ride, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and Blue's Big City Adventure. Next up, we'll be listening to Zoe's interview with Jovan Armand about Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Hi, Jovan. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. That's awesome. So welcome to Kids First Inside the Movies. I'm super excited and huge congrats on the movie. I already saw it and I think it's a lot bigger than the first one and it's grown so much, this film. Uh, So yeah, huge congratulations. Thank you. It's good to hear that you liked it. Oh, I loved it. Uh, and I know you've worked a lot in TV series. Shazam is your first feature film. But now let's talk about how it was your first reaction, seeing yourself up on the big screen, uh, how surreal that moment must have been for you. 
I mean, I, I feel like the adrenaline and the overall atmosphere of everything just, it felt so familiar, but also like, wow, this is actually like, this is a thing. Like last year I was just playing video games with my boys and just, you know, messing around on, on Call of Duty just or, or, or like fighter games and stuff. And now I'm sitting in the theater watching a movie that I'm a part of and literally my face is there. My name is there. There's no word for it, you know, until you've experienced it. I don't think there's really a word for it. I mean, it, it's it's very exhilarating, I would say, probably would be my word, the closest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've had a very long career as of now and you've done so many things. Uh, and I love your character in the film. I think Pedro was kind of struggling with self-confidence a bit. So how important do you think it is to portray this aspect, this personality uh, for like the viewers who are watching? During school for me, I was uh, a lot more like Pedro. I, I I would be very shy, very much so an introvert. And, um, you know, I'd fidget or I'd do like, you know, different things that um, just kind of give off that like, oh, he's a shy, quirky kid. Um, <clears throat> but I've kind of developed over time with coaching and with um, people around me to motivate and, and you know, uh, guide me and make me feel safe. Uh, so I think that's kind of uh, what Pedro is going to kind of go through uh, with his story is he has his family, this support system now that uh, maybe wasn't familiar to him um, prior. And like the first movie, I described him as a nutshell. Uh, now he's kind of opening up and flourishing and developing in, in a beautiful way. And it's it's an unraveling of Pedro Peña and his personality and what he likes to do. Or his interests and stuff like for example baseball so yeah yeah for sure and i think you really see that on screen and i was a super shy kid as well probably still am so i definitely relate to you know his character a lot and i love how family is such an important message in the film and also about he's latino you know so how much do you think uh the representation has improved from when you started you know up to now that there's so much latino representation going on yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I feel like, you know, we, we've come so far and, you know, there, there's still boundaries to break. There's still walls to tear down. But, you know, at this very moment, I, I just I, all I could say is I'm I'm grateful and, I'm, and I have so much gratitude for the representation that this character brings, not only for the Latino community, for the Asian community, for the African-American community, because it's a very diverse cast and we have um you know, different walks of life. And any kid that's walking around back in like maybe 2009, whatever, could could never really resonate um, with the superheroes because they didn't look like them. You know what I mean? So now we have that representation coming into the world and it's a beautiful thing and, and, and it's needed, you know, especially with what we've been going through and stuff. So I think this movie is is very necessary and it's just a beautiful thing. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among the Thieves, The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, If I Could Ride, Shazam Fury of the Gods, and Blue's Big City Adventure. Right now we're continuing listening to Zoe's interview with Jovan Armand about Shazam Fury of the Gods. So has being a cast member of this film really been just like a life-changing experience for you? It was definitely surreal and we got to experience so much. We went to maple farms, private screenings, uh, museums, art galleries, just 
so much exploring that it didn't even feel like work at certain points. Obviously, yeah, there is the hard work and the, the dedication. You got to stay focused. Um, but it was definitely a lot of um, a lot of, uh, you know, fun activities. So yeah. and th this time around, sorry, this time around, for sure, there's a lot more. We we were a little limited because of the situation and stuff. But, um, you know, Atlanta's a big city. There's so much to explore. And we definitely explored. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as you said, like four years ago, it was such a big difference to now. Actually, Zachary came the other day for the red carpet. There was a small premiere here in Florida. And four years ago is when I was doing my first carpet. Uh, so I think it's cool that wow. you said that. And it was, yeah. yeah, with the Shazam cast too. So super special. Uh, and Zachary Levi, he's so genuine, you know, and he's such an yeah. amazing person. How was it working with him? I mean, he he's, like you said, he's, he's an amazing person to work with. He's very relatable. The guy loves video games uh, to this day. And, you know, for whatever reason, he's really good at Mario Kart. I, I, it rubs me the wrong way that I can't beat him. But, <laughs> you know, he's he's just too good. He's goaded. Uh, but he's, he's a great guy. He's so kind. And, I mean, at any time you have, like, an ounce of sadness in your system or you're feeling down and he picks it up because he's real big on energy, um you know he'll be there to kind of you know support you hug you and be like hey jojo how you doing it's cool to, to have like kind of a big brother situation you know yeah he i've only met him twice but i can just tell by his energy as you said that he's such a loving person and the cast is so big we have helen mirror who brings so much gravitas and lucy Liu, so fun to watch and rachel zegler so you know how is it working with everyone and i think in the second one you guys really built like a family with the og cast members so it could be overwhelming for sure to 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 be at, on the same set with somebody at such a high level you know, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was nervous to meet Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren. You know, they they made it the most comfortable situation ever possible. I didn't even, like, have time to to spew my speech before they came up to me and said, Hey, Javon, nice to meet you. Uh, we loved your work in the first film. Thank you so much for, um, you know, welcome being so welcoming to, uh, to the Shazam family and stuff. And we just hope we can add something to this film that makes it amazing. And I was like... You took the words right out of my mouth. You guys are like icons. Like, I was just like, yeah, you know, it's so cool. And, and I mean, one of my personal favorites too, well, not to play favorites, but like favorite scenes from this movie is the stuff with the wizard. Cause it's just, it's so entertaining. And I feel like he provides like a, a nice comedic relief in certain moments too. Oh, for sure. Um, and speaking about like how beautiful it is to watch this family on screen and how everyone's going to love the Shazam Lee. Two weeks after the first release of the first Shazam, we were announced that this movie was coming out. So are we going to expect maybe a third installment or do we have any info on that? Uh, based off of what they've already said online, I feel like we have a good chance. And at this point, it's all up to the fans and the viewers to um, make or break this this uh, franchise. But you know, I think, I think we might we might uh, find out probably like premiere night. Who knows? Awesome. And finally, to close off this interview, uh, shifting over to music wise, I know you got into music when you were fourteen, and now you have a new single dropping, "Heavy." Super excited to hear it. So, can you just tell us what it's about? Kind of who you worked with in that process? Uh, yeah. So, so heavy. It's about you know, it's kind of like a a flaunty song in in a way. But it's also about confidence. You know what I mean? You got to have that self-confidence and, and just walk like a boss and, and think like a boss. And, you know, pulling up heavy is kind of the 
the motto we go with for this record. And uh, yeah, the feature is pretty big. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the game, but you know, that's that's next level in my book, and and I think the world is gonna love it. Absolutely. Again, huge congrats, and thank you so much, Javon. Uh, Shazam! Again, congrats, and congrats on the carpet tomorrow. I hope you have fun. Um, thank, so you. thank you for your time. I had, I had a blast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and KidsVille News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm Kyla from Boston, Massachusetts, reporting for Kids First. Bye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off-camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.